This episode originally aired on December 16th, 2022 on the Unethical Patreon. Our clients today are Lauren and Kenzie from A Scary State Podcast. Go check that out. Third graders are curious and will go and search for things. They take shit out of your purse? <laughs> no, but they do like take things off my table. What kind of inner city hell do you teach at? <laughs> We have a friend who's going on a cruise with her husband. It's kind of like a late honeymoon type of thing. And she told us how they're going to Bermuda. And we know about the Bermuda Triangle. So Freaked out about the Bermuda Triangle. We're trying to convince her not to go because of how dangerous it can be. So we need like evidence to give her. And we heard about you guys. We heard you look into strange, unusual, you know, anything. And we have heard about planes crashing and ships sinking and people disappearing. Like, we need your help to let us know if she's going to be safe and if we'll have our friend when she gets back. Okay. I'm uh, glad you guys came in here like that. Your voices sound very familiar. Do, do I got, Do I know you guys from somewhere? Uh, it's uh, funny you, you say might. that. <laughs> um, we have a podcast. We do have a podcast. Wild. It's, um, it's called A Scary State. A Scary State! Yeah. We a talk about state. scary things in state. Are you Lauren and Kenzie? We, we are! Oh my God. Oh my God. Can you sign my tits? Um, Obviously. Sure. I love your podcast so much. Rick, 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 get over here. Lorna Kenzie are here from a scary state. Hold hold on, Richard. Can can you all please get out of the bathroom? I've been using it and everyone walked in here and, and now I can't go. Well, you're the one who wants to save <laughs> on flushes. So I'm taking a pee. Through my legs, I know, like we usually <laughs> do, but but did you have to invite everyone in here? Rick, get in the bathroom. I made a sign that said if you need any of our services, we're all in the bathroom. So come in. Rick, get in the bathroom and that's with why us. We hired you. Okay, I'm in. I'm in here. All right. So, did you, Lauren and Kenzie, are here? Do you need to pee too? I can move over. No, I'm good. I went before I got here. No, you know what? I'm I'm good. Okay. We had a bathroom that we used as well. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Well, you guys want to know about the the Bermuda Triangle, huh? We, we do. do. We need to know if our friend's gonna be safe. Okay. I've been st- I've been looking into this for like a month and a half now. So you're an expert. Yeah, <laughs> one and a half months. I know everything about it. Obviously. As you'll find out, though, for real, it only takes about a month and a half to look into it before you become a real expert of the Bermuda Triangle anyway. So it's perfect. Then we came to the right people. An elite team of private detectives. What if balloons are aliens? Maybe that's the key component we're missing. Cover-ups. John's guilty. Mysteries that need to be solved. Maybe Mormons need mountains. Richard, shut up. So what do you guys know about the Bermuda Triangle? Let's start there. We'll start with our guests for the day. What do you guys know about the Bermuda Triangle? It's a triangle. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. Located between the Carolinas, Florida, and Bermuda. Correct-ish. Bad things happen there. Things disappear. Okay. People go missing. Boats sink. That is our knowledge. That's the generic knowledge. What do you, what do you, you got anything, RJ, for this? You know about? Um, I'm hearing the Beach Boys song in my head right now, and I'm upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep. Maybe. Okay, I have a solve already, but we can keep going. <laughs> oh yeah. By the way, if we didn't tell you that, we just make up the solves at the end, so it doesn't really matter if you have a. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! All right, all right. Don't don't lump me in with this bullshit okay, solve but- thing. But you're the exception and, and, and not the rule. And that's and that's what's fun about it is, is <laughs> I I shit all over our show and, and you're there doing the intense hard work 
which I also then shit all over. But... <laughs> yeah, and I'm also pretty sure I already figured it out. And let's just say the Russians are definitely involved in this one. Okay. Cool. All right. So what what do you know there, Mr. Smarty Pants, about the Bermuda Triangle? No, I actually think it's a bunch of bullshit because I've been trying to figure out why it's a triangle to know yeah. like real avail, except for people just making it up. It definitely should be a different shape. There's got to be more area there, more coverage. Okay. We're thinking square. That's my stance. It's definitely okay. Here's what I when I was a kid, I remember hearing about this. I don't know where, like I don't. I, it's just in my in my memory from being a kid. Yeah, you heard about it a lot in elementary school, and then you never hear about it again. If you guys don't mind, how old are you guys? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, twenty seven. Twenty seven. Twenty eight. Twenty eight. So you guys are a little younger. So you guys, I'm I'm like thirty nine. Just just a little younger than me. <laughs> Well, a lot younger, but my point is over is, a decade. Well, this is the this is the thing. When I was a kid, that's what I'm saying. It was like more popular than it is now. I don't think I've never talked about the Bermuda Triangle in my classroom. Oh yeah, I've only heard about it when I was younger, and then you never hear about it again. You don't introduce that in third grade. Yeah, no, no, that's not part of the geography unit. <laughs> Plan yeah. this episode. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> That'll be great. But we all we all definitely heard about it. We all definitely have some sort of belief in it, right? That there's lots of ships that go missing or planes that go down or whatever absolutely and then I remember thinking about it I forgot about it for a long time and then I started thinking about it as an adult and I feel like I didn't hear about it for so long I just like kind of remembered about it and I thought it was kind of horseshit because like I haven't heard about this since like the 90s like it hasn't been around anywhere I don't know what's going on what the fuck happened to it you've been gone too long my friend so we're gonna talk about it perfect I dug in and my googling did not let me down so my first google search was I type Bermuda Triangle and the first Google like autofill option that popped up was like Bermuda Triangle, Mary Celeste. Oh. Yeah, because I we did an episode on Mary Celeste. I listened to that episode. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah, good. Yeah. Did you guys enjoy it? That's the real question. I did. Good. So I, I guess my computer remembered that I looked up uh, Mary Celeste a while ago. And then I, right in my head, right away, I'm like, what the fuck did I miss with the Mary Celeste? Because I didn't fucking come across Bermuda Triangle when I was researching. So I had to like look at that one first. And I did. And we'll get a bit back to that later, but that was the first article I read, okay? Then I start reading, and then I'm like, wait, where the fuck is this triangle? Because, like, Mary Celeste, I'm very aware of that it got lost in, like, Portugal, or Portugal, as RJ calls it, Portugal. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, where the fuck is this? So, well, the Bermuda Triangle, nicknamed the Devil's Triangle, or the Hoodoo Sea, which is, I find fun, is a section of the Atlantic Ocean that is triangular in shape that goes from Miami, Florida, to Bermuda, to San Juan, Puerto Rico, and back. So it goes out that we were way. so off with North Carolina. Yeah, we were not close <laughs> with that one at all. doesn't appear on any world maps, uh, and it isn't recognized by any serious cartographer. And when I wrote that, I was like, aka Google Maps, because like, <laughs> I don't know if there's serious cartographers left. You just have Google Maps now. <laughs> It's not an official region of the Atlantic. It's just a nickname for a place. Then I start to find out in reality, the triangle is actually very undefined. So you're kind of right too, Rick. It's not really like I've seen the size being 500,000 square miles or 1.3 million square kilometers for the smart people in the world. But I've also seen double that size. But even at 500,000 square miles, it's basically the size of Peru. So that's like a pretty big section of the ocean. Yeah. That's a lot bigger than I thought it was. Yeah. I don't have a, a concept of the size of Peru in my head. Yeah, in all honesty, I don't either. It just sounds Yeah. 
it's not a, it's not a large country, but it's still pretty large for a spot in the ocean. Okay, valid. Well, actually, I would I would say opposite. It's kind of small for a spot in the ocean. Really, the ocean's fucking huge, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> we really have no no concept over here. That's what I mean. Like, you're both right to me. I have no, I don't even know what okay. shape Peru is. Uh, I... South South Africa. It's a little bit smaller or bigger than South Africa. So, like, if you can think of South Africa, how south oh, we talking? Africa is South Africa. So not the same shape shape wise, but it's about two Texases. Yes. Oh. Okay. All right. See, this is what we, we lean on. Right I for. forgot. I forgot. I have to make it very American. Yeehaw. Yeah. It's right. Texas. I don't appreciate how you act like Canadians and Westernized and, and centralist to, to the Western culture either. Heck yeah. Let's put down some Canadians for once. Oh, yeah. Thank you. For yep. once. That's all they fucking do. Yep. It's a small pair of the ocean, but it's ma- It's pretty big in general. It's almost exactly the size of Ontario. So fuck you for not using that, Richard. <laughs> sure, it's the size of Ontario. <laughs> so the term uh, Bermuda Triangle didn't appear in the modern lexicon until an article entitled The Deadly Bermuda Triangle for Argosy Magazine in February 1964. That's so recent. Yeah. I thought it was like ancient history. <laughs> they try to make it ancient history. We'll get to it. (laughs) Author Vincent H. Gaddis claims that the Bermuda Triangle was a strange part of the sea where hundreds of planes and ships frequently disappeared without a trace and cited many known and unknown disappearances of ships and planes in his article. He took his article and turned it into a book a year later, and he outlined many different disappearances. So he he kept adding to it. Gaddis claimed that since we started recording ship and plane movements, there have been over, like I said, a thousand ships missing and planes which that's a lot wow that is a lot yeah so it, it seems like a lot before i start talking about gaddis gaddis's book more contemporary mysterious happenings of the triangle i wanted to f- take get the first account of the triangle so i went back as far as i could with my google machine i said what's the first bermuda triangle thing that happened and the first real mysterious event that i could find at the bermuda triangle was about a month before christopher columbus first sailed across the atlantic to first discover america he sailed the ocean blue in 1492 in 1492 yeah that's that's the year how's that going in third grade right now (laughs) um actually we just spent today learning the real story of thanksgiving and not the one that we've all been told interesting there you go (laughs) do you tell them like when you kick in someone's door and go plant in their house and say you discovered it's yours now (laughs) no i said why do you think we didn't hear about all the native americans because they're third graders so you know i have to use the bubbly voice like why do we only hear the colonists perspective they're like because they look bad so i was like yeah they do look bad (laughs) (laughs) at least the car the kids are smart enough to know that you know that's that's good i wouldn't go that far Does that count as critical race theory? So now like someone like Ron DeSantis is going to kidnap you in your home at night? Yeah. Someone someone might go home and say to their parent that they learned the real story of Thanksgiving and I might get in trouble. But at this point, fire me. I really don't care about this job that much. No, cool. Yeah. Fuck those people. Mm -hmm. Fuck you and your children. But yeah, no, they're not that smart. They think that dinosaurs and people about the same time a thousand years ago. So the concept of time is not there. Cool. Yeah. That's great. It's about yeah. as strong as my concept of the size of Peru. 
Uh, I, maybe I'll put it a better way then. So on September 15th, 1492, about a month before Columbus kicks off European colonialism, fucking off the indigenous way of life forever, he was sailing uncharted waters in the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> this day... I bet he didn't disappear. Right, I was thinking that. No. This day, as outlined in the book, The Diario of Christopher Columbus's First Voyage to America, written by Spanish historian Bartolome de las Casas, Columbus and his crew experience a weird and mysterious event. De La Casas writes in his book, quote, they sailed that day and night, 27 leagues and a few more on the route west. On this night, at the beginning of it, they saw a marvelous branch of fire fall from the sky into the sea, distance from them four or five leagues. Now, a goddamn league. I hate sea okay, Thank shit. you. I yeah. was really going to wait for the explanation. <laughs> A league is like a knot. I hate knots. I find that stupid way to measure things. And a league is a different way of measuring things. Neither of them makes sense to us. Yeah. A knot, what was it again? They tie, it's how fast they can tie a knot around the, I can't remember what exactly what the, it's fucking stupid. A league, <laughs> a league is the distance someone could walk in one hour. That's what, that's how long a league was. Okay. But what I can walk and what she can walk, because she's way exactly. shorter than me, is very different. <laughs> that's why it's dumb. So it's been yeah. boiled down to like 3.5 miles, 5.6 kilometers. That's a lot. In Everything in life is just made up. Yeah. Well, at that time, it would have been like what like a good looking land owning white guy can walk. In <laughs> <one hour>. Yes. <laughs> yes. Actually, he probably made someone go walk for him. Yeah, that's true. that's yep. actually very true. <laughs> how, however fast you can walk, slave. That's how long a league yeah. is. Yeah. So, yeah. So the branch of fire. They saw a branch of fire hit the ocean. Did they have lightning back then? Was <laughs> lightning wasn't invented until the 1800s. My God, we did uh, test that. Right. <laughs> so the day before, they had actually a weird incident as well. So De, De La Casas also writes that the compasses on Columbus' ship were not reading north correctly the night before. So in a, a, a later on, a manuscript called The American Geography by Jedediah Morse. He writes about the funky compasses. Quote, Columbus was astonished to find that the magnetic needle of their compass did not point exactly to the polar star, but varied toward the west. And as they proceeded, this variation increased. This new phenomenon filled the companions of Columbus with terror. Nature itself seemed to have sustained a change. And the only guide they had left to point them in a safe retreat on an unbound and trackless ocean was about to fail them. So sailors used to use the North Star or the Polar Star to navigate their way a lot of the time. They didn't have, a, like, if they didn't have a compass, they just used the North Star. And it wasn't pointing, the compasses weren't, they were pointing due west of the North Star. So the sailors were freaked out by this. So Columbus apparently talked down the scared-ass sailors by measuring north using the sunset and sunrises. And then he just like on his ship, he like made a knot like this is where uh, east and west are, obviously, because the sun goes up down. And then look, our compass is pointing towards what north should be. We're good. The only connection that the sailors could make after that was that the north star must be moving around over the skies, like over their head. You know, <laughs> so it has to be moving around. Of course. That's the only thing that makes sense to us. Galileo definitely was already a thing at this time. Like we knew that shit was moving around up there <laughs> i just love that that's what calmed them down they're like oh <laughs> just the star moving around <laughs> that's cool <laughs> <laughs> and then, then the next day the branch of fire smokes the fucking ocean so they're freaked right out and this is a month before they hit landfall so like a branch of fire just fell out of the sky that's what the that's what the the, the diary says columbus's diary 
less than a month later, about four hours away. So they had another mysterious event, a third one. So about a, four hours away from the beginning of an eventual demolishing of entire culture and near total genocide of the people within that culture, Columbus <laughs> spotted a light bobbing up and down uh, in the air on the horizon. It was so odd that Columbus called over his shipmates to come see what he was seeing. He's like, what the fuck is that, guys? You guys see that? Everyone saw it and they're like, I don't know, man. That could be just like, we must be close to land. You know, that's, that's got to be a fire or something. But it just was whiffs of little light and then it went away. But they're four hours away from land at this point. So it couldn't have been anybody on land. So then they like justified it with like, maybe someone on a ship. Maybe we're close by. So they, they kind of justified themselves out of that. But they're so freaked out. They didn't know they were four hours away is my point. So they didn't really know. Yeah. <laughs> so coming up with all the potential options. Exactly. Once they got the four hours later, they're like, that That must have been someone on a boat, you know? <laughs> we have to remember that Bartolome de la Casas is the only source for these events. Anything written after about Columbus's first sale to America uses the diario, a diario as its main source because they actually lost Columbus's real notes. So this guy says it's an exact copy, but is it? I don't know. He, that's because he did not know how to read or write. You're not going to convince me otherwise. He's, he's Italian. Like, right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? Italians can read and write, just not well. <laughs> De La Casas wrote that book 50 years after the discovery. I mean, uh, the Europeans started their eventual journey of raping and pillaging land that wasn't theirs by taking advantage of innocent people that were already there. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> Over the years since Columbus, the same in the same area of the ocean, there have been many different accounts of strange phenomena. There's like so many stories. It's unreal. I could have went into like, anyways, I, I went into a few good ones. There's USS Pickering in 1800, USS Wasp 1814, USS Wildcat in 1824, all lost at sea uh, in the Devil's Triangle, never to be seen again. But the reports of unexplained disappearances and occurrences in the Triangle never really caught the public's attention until Gaddis's article. Some of these are going to be from Gaddis's book. Some of them are just going to be from other accounts. I can't, if I remember which are from the book, I'll tell you. I didn't really write it down. I'm just doing chronological here. Another highly reported bizarre occurrence in the triangle was that of the USS Cyclops in 1918. Uh, the Cyclops was a 542-foot American ship commissioned in 1910 as a collier. I thought it was a monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also got excited for a moment. Yeah, you uh, thought, Cyclops? I was, yeah, I was immediately disappointed. No, nah, it's a ship. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a coal ship. That's what a collier is. She left Barbados on March 4th, heading to Baltimore with 309 men on board, carrying 11,000 tons of manganese ore. It reportedly sank in the triangle without ever sending out an SOS. At least we assume it sank because after an extensive search en route of the ship, uh, no wreck or seamen were ever found. Is it possible that uh, Cyclops bones are soluble in seawater? <laughs> <laughs> According to the lore, yes. Thank you. After an extensive month-long search, then-President Woodrow Wilson uh, even gives up. He's later quoted as saying, Only God and the sea know what happened to the great ship. Her sinking remains the single largest loss of life in U.S. naval history, not directly involving combat. Hmm. So a dangerous triangle. Combat combat that we know of. That we know <laughs> that of. That we know of. Exactly. Right. 
that they're they're willing got, to tell us about. <laughs> yeah, if you got a cyclops lumbering through the water and then it stumbles upon, you know, like a kraken or something, then you know it's it's shit's gonna go down. Anything's possible at that point. Yeah. I feel like that's like a Netflix movie like Cyclops versus Kraken. They'll make a movie about anything these days. Exactly. It's not, but it will be after this episode releases. Probably Netflix. So The Watcher versus Cyclops. Yeah. Whoever's listening and turning all of our shit into a Netflix series. It's true. There's so many <laughs> fucking Netflix things that come out after we do an episode. It's unreal. You guys need to be paid for that. I wish. You should say copyright or something, and maybe that will make them pay you. Fuck, that didn't... would be cool. Yeah, let's copyright the Bermuda Triangle right now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> if you make it a different shape, you probably could. <laughs> <laughs> the Bermuda Parallelogram. <laughs> I'll look at the map. Bermuda you can Rumpus. keep going. Yeah, so in 1941, this is just kind of off the timeline a little bit here, but two of the Cyclops' sister ships vanished along the same route as their older missing sister from nearly 30 years earlier. Whole family of Cyclops. A whole family. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. They're sisters. They're all girls. Do you think the sisters got rid of the one? Maybe like she was like prettier, like her eye was like brighter than theirs was, <laughs> and they like drowned her in the ocean. To... In my brain, if I picture like a mythological Cyclops, they're just like hot, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Hotter than a mummy. Yeah, that's what I meant also. Uh, okay, I'm going to say yeah with that yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. I have to agree. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, Celeste. <laughs> Future Richard, leave that in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this next disappearance is probably the most famous one. At 2.10 p.m. on December 5th, 1945, five Navy General Motor TBM Avenger torpedo bombers. Say that five times fast. Navy General Motor T. I can't. Yeah, you can't even say it one time. I, guess I was going to say, I can barely say it once. <laughs> they were collectively known as Flight 19. Now, I don't know where the fuck they did this. It makes it really confusing. So these five bombers are called Flight 19. It's not, Flight 19 is not one plane. It's five planes. They left a Fort Lauderdale airport for bomber and navigation training over the Hens and Chicken Shoals, which is within the, the Bermuda Triangle. But I, I do love that name. Hens and Chicken Shoals. What is that? It's like, Shoals are like little things that bump out of the ocean, I guess. And they just have a oh. bunch. Like it's... Uh, like a rock? I guess, like little land masses. They're not really oh. big enough to be an island, but they're all like kind of clustered. I don't know. Oh. The, these planes have three airmen, a pilot, a gunner, and a radioman. So Flight 19 had a total crew of 14 people because there wasn't a gunner on the training. They're out training, so the guy who's training them didn't have a uh, gunner guy. The Avengers were in perfect shape, full of fuel. The only deficiency that in these uh, planes was that the clocks were all not functional. And this shouldn't be a problem because all servicemen are expected to be wearing a watch. And keeping time was very important in navigating back in the 40s because they didn't have GPS. So they're supposed to keep track of which direction they were going and for how long so they could find their way back. Oh my God, that sounds so stressful. Oh, fuck. (laughs) The ocean would be terrifying back then, especially flying because there's like no markers or anything. You're just, where am I? You're winging it. (laughs) (laughs) It's Kenzie month and she's got puns coming. All right. (laughs) I think I didn't know that. I listen to your (laughs) point. The weather was described as favorable. Sea state, moderate to rough. So it was kind of windy day, but otherwise not so bad for flying. Uh, They practiced their bombing run and their final bomb was ordered dropped at 3 p.m. Over the radio, about 40 minutes later, Another flight instructor, Lieutenant Robert F. Cox, receives an unidentified transmission. Lieutenant Cox was prepping his group of trainees to go up 
uh, when he overheard this transmission. It was one of the crew members of Flight 19 asking another Avenger for their compass readings. Lieutenant Cox overhears the student pilot from the other squad, Captain Edward Powers, respond, I don't know where we are. We must have got lost after that last run. Some more funky compasses. The flight instructor for Flight 19 was a guy named Lieutenant Charles Carroll Taylor. He was a very seasoned pilot uh, with 2,500 logged flight hours, and he was out training the students who each had approximately 300 flight hours. Lieutenant Taylor had been in World War II and fought in the Pacific Theater. It wasn't his first day flying. He gets on the radio and says, this is Lieutenant Charles Taylor. Actually, he says his plane ID number, but I had a fucking hard ass time differentiating whose plane was there. So we're going to say the guy's name. Uh, so he says, this is, uh, <laughs> this is Lieutenant Charles Taylor. Please identify yourself so someone can help you. Talking to the guy whose compass is malfunctioning. Lieutenant Cox is over uh, hearing all this and he decides to chime in after all that. He goes, this is Lieutenant Charles Cox. You can call me Chuck. What's your trouble? Actually, he says the plane ID, but I'm going to go with Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant Taylor, not the original pilot whose compass was malfunctioning, replies, both of my compasses are out uh, and I'm trying to find Fort Lauderdale. I'm over land, but it's broken. I'm sure I'm in the Keys, but I don't know how far and I don't know how uh, to get back to Fort Lauderdale. So all five bombers flew aimlessly over the ocean until about 7 p.m. when they ran low on fuel. The radio signals got more choppy as they flew in the wrong direction, but you could hear Lieutenant Taylor prepping them for a crash landing. All planes close up tight. We'll have to ditch unless landfall. When the first plane drops below 10 gallons, we all go down together. And it became immediately obvious that Flight 19 was in trouble. All nearby air bases, aircraft, and ships were alerted. An hour later at 8 p.m. in the dark, two rescue planes, each with a 13-man crew, were sent to where the five bombers were thought to have went down. One of those rescue planes also disappeared without any trade. Oh, damn. <laughs> After a massive weeks-long search, the Navy gave up looking, stating... It was, quote, as if they had flown to Mars. Wait, I'm sorry. Every single one of these planes was gone? All five of them. One rescue plane came back, couldn't find them. The second rescue plane disappeared as well. Huh. Flight 19's wreckage has never been found. Uh, there's been a few instances where underwater explorers have found sunken Avengers in the ocean off the coast of Florida, but they were never those of Flight 19. In fact, there should be a bunch of planes that have gone down there during World War II. Those Avengers were pretty popular. Another plane was a DC-3 passenger. So this is a different one where it vanished uh, a flight from Puerto Rico to Miami on December 28th, 1948. So this is a passenger plane. It's not military this time. On board, there were 29 passengers and three crew members. The weather was perfect for flying and the pilot reported great visibility. 50 miles off the coast of Miami, she drops off the radar and no one ever receives a distress signal. No wreckage is ever found. It's just crazy because it's not just military. That's what I thought at first. It was a bunch of military shit because that's what I was reading about. It's that's a that's a passenger plane. That's a little scarier. So it's just like free game. That's why I, I, my first thing was like, this has got to be some sort of like secret military shit going on. But it's maybe maybe the military is still hitting fucking passengers. I mean, maybe. Us. Yeah, for sure. Another fascinating disappearance in the triangle is that of the SS Marine Sulfur Queen, which is an amazing name for a boat. Yeah, it is. <laughs> She was a tanker ship carrying molten sulfur off the coast of Florida in 1963. The Sulfur Queen and her crew of 39 were lost at sea, never to be heard from again. These are all, I only mentioned that one because I like the SS Sulfur Queen's name. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like literally the only reason. 
Uh, these are all before the area was coined as the Bermuda Triangle by Vincent Gaddis. This is the ones that he's kind of mentioning in his book. I think his article didn't mention a lot of them. Just this book did mention all of those ones. So there's been more since that, though, like the story of the witchcraft, which is uh, it was a 23 foot luxury yacht owned by motel owner Dan Burak. Dan Burak took his friend and Catholic priest Patrick Horgan off the coast to look at some slow, yeah. slow down. Yeah. <laughs> Let us take these things in. All right. First, you're like a, a boat named Witchcraft. Yep. That's one of the most like classic dad joke names for a boat. And then oh. you tell me, <laughs> you tell me his name is, is Dan what? Burak. Burak, the motel owner, the yeah. motel owner with the most motel owner sounding name yeah. ever. <laughs> Who could afford a yacht? Like what kind of fucking motel? Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah, motel. maybe it's hotel <laughs> motel six. See those everywhere. That's true. <laughs> and then you, you we, we've hit the, the, the penultimate detail a Catholic priest, his best friend. I, you, I have all these details straight, correct? Continue. Catholic priest name is Patrick Horgan. <laughs> and here, here's even more of a kicker. get the fuck out. Yeah, Patrick Horgan, Father Horgan. <laughs> I wonder if he has an organ. There you go. We're fucking <laughs> we're playing it up tonight, Patrick Horgan. And they went off, they wanted to go off the coast of Florida that day, about a mile out, to go look at Christmas lights on the yacht. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> what a light okay. to have. What year was this? That one is, oh, I didn't write down. I should, I, I can look it up real quick. It's in the 70s, I believe. I think it's 70s. Fucking Coke. So much Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely picking up drugs, doing drugs, dropping off drugs. I was thinking like, I was thinking like, let's go touch each other's penis oh i mean yeah no they were definitely gay but they were doing blow while being i mean that gay. didn't need to be said oh, yeah that fair, was enough. fair enough fair enough i i go too far with these details so they only went about a mile out and they were out for about an hour so at about 9 p.m they radio the coast guard to tell them that they'd hit something but burak tells them don't worry it's not that bad we just need a tow and Burak didn't sound stressed. His voice was steady. He informed the Coast Guard that he had flares and that he'd shoot one off to help the Coast Guard find where they are. <laughs> the Coast Guard. I have flares. Oh, okay, well, I mean, like, we'll, we'll find you. Yeah, you want but... me to shoot off a flare? I'll shoot yeah. a flare off. We can shoot, <laughs> both shoot flares. <gasps> yeah, let's both shoot flares. <laughs> the Coast Guard arrives within 19 minutes and there was no sign of the witchcraft anywhere. Uh, no sign of the flare being shot off, nothing. That night, the Coast Guard continued to search about 1,200 square miles, about 1,900 square kilometers for the other part of the world, the rest of the world. <laughs> <laughs> no sign of anything. And this is like only about a mile offshore. Like I said, it's not far. Uh, it's not like it's super deep there either. By the end of the seven-day search, they uh, yeah, so that, that was the night they searched 1,200 kilometers or 1,200 miles. They had seven days of searching. They searched 24,500 square miles, so about 40 wow. kilometers squared. Uh, Coast car, the Coast Guard's final statement was, they are presumed missing but not lost at sea, which I found super weird. What does that even mean? Right. Where that, do they go? He's definitely saying they're dead. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, <laughs> but I wasn't sure. I wanted to run it by. Yeah. They're dead. So witchcraft incident happens as the triangle is already named, but before the triangle became part of the cultural lifeblood of it. So it's in 1973, it says. With the article by Gaddis, John Wallace Spencer's book, 
69 book Limbo of the Lost and the 1971 documentary The Devil's Triangle. And finally, the 1974 best-selling book called The Bermuda Triangle by Charles Berlitz. It was mashed into our collective consciousness for decades. So a bunch of shit in the late 60s, early 70s just gets hammered out after that article. The sketchiest things happen in the 60s and 70s. Yep. Yep, like late night boat rides with your, your best pal, the Catholic <laughs> priest. <laughs> just as a, as a quick side note, I'm being very vague with these things because I'm going to break them now down after, just so you guys know. These articles, books, and documentaries all outline an undetermined amount of plane and boat disappearances. I only mentioned a few of the famous ones. Reality, there's an estimated 50 boats and 20 planes that have disappeared since the people started talking, uh, tracking things like this. I didn't want to spend all day telling you about the incidents, but what I can tell you, I've seen uh, air incidents as recent as 2007, but some incidents at sea as recently as 2015 where two kids went missing while fishing, which is kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah. I can't really tell you about them all either because it's all the same. It's like plane goes up, plane never shows up anywhere. Boat goes (laughs) out. Boat never shows up anywhere. It's like I could just repeat the same details over and over, but <laughs> we get the gist. What's going on in this particular section of the Atlantic? There's so many fucking theories. Anybody got anything so far? Because I'm going to start hammering out theories in a bit after you guys got any good theories. What's going on? Alternate dimension. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's that's or aliens. We're aliens. always big on the alternate dimension or alien. Alternate yeah. dimension and aliens are both in my theory list. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> what do you What do you got, Ricky? I, I have one, but it's it's more based in science, so I'll, I'll hold on to it. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. I'll let you I'll let you get through yours. This to my stupid ones. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Rick's theory or RJ's theory involves cyclopses and Catholic priests taking advantage of them as youth. That's my you, whoa, you and, don't and where they go somewhere in there. <laughs> you don't know me like that. I was thinking that the Cyclopses were the Catholic priests. Uh. <laughs> so much more efficient than you give me credit for. That's true. I hey man, not bad, not bad at all. Okay, well, you guys tell me what you guys think are these. Okay, so first theory of the day is ocean farts. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Say more. That's, a, that's actually kind of close to kind of close to my theory. Oh, so like a scientific thing we got going on here. Oh, he thinks he thinks he's the only scientist around here. I could read two. <laughs> I, I can read articles on the internet in five minutes, just like you can. <laughs> you didn't even know. I actually, I, I actually have other places on Earth that I'm basing my facts off of. But okay, please continue. <laughs> So pockets of methane that erupt from the bottom of the ocean, displacing ships on their way up, causing them to sink. This is a theory that's come up recently. But wouldn't they find the wreckage? Honestly, we'll we'll talk about maybe not. So the methane comes up little bubbles, upward momentum. So the bubbles will cause the ship to be pushed up and eventually to the side and flip itself over. The only uh, ships only sink though if they'd be tilted to begin with. So if they were like turning or something like that, and then they got pushed up because ships are meant to like tilt shift back and forth they're, they're built that way street conspiracy theorists that believe that methane coming up could also explode under the right conditions because of the volatile nature of the methane and the explosions are what get the planes so spontaneous combustion no uh methane you could spark it by just an engine apparently that's what they're oh saying. it has to be sparked yeah it's not just a bubble that blows up no no just methane gas that comes up so if a plane's flying over top what they're saying is there's enough methane in the air that the plane's uh, okay. engine would ignite it and blow up the fucking plane. 
And then the ocean's very deep, no wreckage ever found. We'll talk about why in a bit. This is a pretty recent theory, but it's also been debunked very recently as well by an oceanographer and physicist named Helen Szerzyski. C-Z-E-R-S-K-I. Szerzyski? thought we were bad with names. No, I'm terrible. I do it on Szerzyski. While the theory sounds sound, it doesn't make sense once you start to dig a little deeper. Ships are built to prevent from being tipped over. Like they have airtight pockets on the bottom of the ship that don't let it get too top heavy to flip. I don't know. I, I don't understand ship design, but that apparently is a thing. <laughs> you could smash ships with giant waves now and you can't really knock them over. Maybe back in the day it would have worked, but like the ship's still going missing to this day. It's like nearly impossible to flip over a ship. Like you'd have to purpose. Yeah. Oh, you see those TikToks of the sailors like sliding in the inside Down the what? Oh. On like TikToks, like have you ever seen the the sailors? I, like, I thought we were talking about a different kind of sailor. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> They're tip. Sorry, what's I don't I don't I my children have TikTok. I don't have. I wish I. I've well, seen like there's like you know the I don't know the ships where they do like work and stuff on it. Like an oil brig, maybe. Yeah, yeah. but do they flip over? Is that what you're saying? The whole ship? Flips no, no, over? no. The the sailors will slide as the boat rocks. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. the boat's still upright, but they're sliding all the way around. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's what the, the lady's trying to say. Like, it's like boats, you can't fucking, it's hard to, unless you breach the hull or something, it's like nearly impossible to flip a ship. You'd have to like push it over. Like you'd have to get two other things to flip you, it. You know, it could do that. <laughs> oh, let me guess. Let me guess. Two, Cyclops. Yeah, two very big angry sister Cyclopses. Yeah. And if the methane would bubble up, it would just be like a bigger wave hit the side of the ship and ships were built to take waves. If methane did sink ships, it would be a rare occasion. But the methane exploding and taking down planes is absolutely ridiculous. Once it hits the air, it like disperses way too much. There, there's not that much pockets of methane getting cracked up from the mantle. So yeah, outrageous theory. But it was like 2015, this was come up with and like by 2016, the lady was like, nah. Oh, yeah. Hey, it was good for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll do some stupid ones. Next theory. Atlantis. <laughs> that one wasn't stupid. <laughs> well, that's like the least stupid of all these. Atlantis. <laughs> Atlantis. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I just watched a documentary yesterday about ancient, like lost ancient civilizations. And he was talking about Atlantis. I, I watched that one too. It's got Michael J. Fox in it. And uh, uh, it takes place Ooh. like... Sometime in like, I don't know, like the 1900s or something. They go down there. They do a lot of funny voices. I like all the characters. <laughs> One of my favorite documentaries. Where is the voice of Milo? Yes, I know that. That's why I said it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you learn about Atlantis? Because maybe you can fill in some gaps on this theory because it's fucking dumb. So this guy has this, he has this theory that there was this lost civilization yeah. like before the documented first civilization and so he's going all over the world and finding places like in mexico there's temples but underneath it they're like finding that there's something else down there besides what's just on top and i think at one point he went to atlantis and it was like the same kind of theory like there's like a shark in the water and (laughs) no one can say like if the shark disappeared like the land form of the shark, not actual <laughs> sharks. <laughs> I was going to say, is there's a shark protecting Atlantis? I didn't know <laughs> that. That's, That's awesome. No, it looks like a little cookie is like cut out in the shape, shape of a shark Very and fair. it's on the ocean and it's just there. 
And what they think is that over time, it was a bigger landmass. And then when the ice age happened and all the ice melt and the sea level rose, that it, that's what made it disappear. Uh, it sank it. Yeah, because I've always known Atlantis is like super advanced past civilization that fell into the ocean lost for all time we'll never find it again i think i learned that's like anti-semitic or something <laughs> the atlanta uh, uh, yeah really? so yeah there's something i why pal you're gonna be digging through parts of my brain that are long buried now <laughs> uh, i've piled way more internet on top of that shit that's okay but yeah. I'm sh- I'm sure one day very one day we'll do actually Atlantis as an episode and then we'll figure out why it's anti-Semitic then. Well, of course, <laughs> renowned white supremacist podcaster Richard Studel would do that. Oh God, of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. No, I didn't know it was anti-Semitic. I that's the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, Charles. Okay, so this theory comes from the book 1975 book The Bermuda Triangle by Charles Berlitz. Berlitz makes up a bunch of these theories that I'm going to come up with in that book. So according to Berlitz, the triangle is the spot where the lost city of Atlantis sunk in ancient times and the super advanced culture sunk in the ocean, never be seen again. The super advanced culture used, and this is what he says, green glowing crystals to power their machines. This sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> the, the still active green crystals mess with magnetism in the area and will from time to time, vaporize a boat or a plane simple as that are these green crystals can you also put them in a rock and like turn it and then it like glows and then it can go flying i'm sure that also in there you know what it's 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 fucking made up so yeah sure we're 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 making it up that was i mean it was in the movie so i figured Were they were they smoking the crystals before the theory was made up? <laughs> Green crystal, like a little bit of weed after your meth. I got you. I feel you. Uh, <laughs> I feel you. I see what's going on there. Is there any proof of this? No. Does it matter? No. This theory has been added by added to by many people over the years, not just Berlitz. Like fuck it, so many people have tacked onto this, uh, and it's complete stupidity. So I'm not going to go further into it. But it's the green crystals. Fuck with the, the magnetism, guys. The green crystals. Got it. Did they explain that? No. Did they just say it's green crystals? Yes. Am I okay with that? Yes. <laughs> Is there a way to counteract the crystals? Like an anti-crystal? <laughs> <laughs> now you're thinking. That's what the cyclopses are for. Get, go get those crystals. <laughs> nice. So the next one's another Burlitz one. Another Charlie Burlitz theory. The portal theory. Oh, yes, yes. This is what you guys said, right? You guys said a dimension, alternate dimension. Oh, yeah. Either portal to another time or dimension. Uh, Maybe it's a black hole. That's what the guy says. Mm. Black hole. If it was a fucking black hole, we'd all be demolished. There's a whole, our entire solar system would be sucked into it. If not half of the fucking next couple solar systems would all be just ripped into it. I don't think that guy knows what a fucking black hole is. (laughs) Or maybe it could be a wormhole. You know, that's what pilot Bruce Gurnan claims in his book, Beyond the Bermuda Triangle, True Encounters with Electronic Fog. Missing Aircraft, and Time Warps. This book outlines his and other pilots' experiences in the Bermuda Triangle while flying their planes. All the experiences are different, but Gernon's personal experience is that when he's flying over the Bermuda Triangle, he gets surrounded by a fog, okay? And then in front of him, a portal opens up, and he's forced to go through it. And when he goes through the portal, he claims his aircraft leaped ahead 100 miles. So is he the only one who's like gone into this portal and come out of this portal? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure yeah. the other guys, <laughs> the other guys have gone through too. For sure. For sure. 100%. Yeah. No, the, he lost oxygen for a while. And, uh, <laughs> and like, 
Thank God for autopilot. Hallucinated yeah. <laughs> and passed out. And then it caused him so much brain damage that he thought it was a good idea to record it and sell it as a book. Well, uh, well, you're sorry, RJ. I'd like to just discount a few things that you just said there, okay? So he starts this whole story with the cliche of, I didn't believe in time travel or teleportation until it happened to me. So I, I was like, I'm I'm on board now, yep. okay? So he also yeah. said- You can't really call it time travel if you only go forward 100 miles. Well, it's your time. You're traveling in time that way. That's, not, not... that's not time, that's distance. Distance. A hundred minutes would be one thing, but a hundred miles, you're just. What's he measuring against? Google Maps? Because Google Map, Google Maps could just be wrong. Guys, slow, slow down. <laughs> Remember, he's he's brain damaged. Lay off him. No, what I was gonna say, if his trips end up like that, I want to be a part of them because that just sounds like a great fucking time. That would be. <laughs> I don't know what kind of green crystals he's doing, but let's do them. Uh, that's Delta 15 green crystal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, he says he, he documented what happened and he memorized every detail of that flight. So whatever he wrote in that book is 100% correct. Of course. This dude's definitely a liar because it's like pretty well known that it, if people have to memorize their story, it means that it's not true. So <laughs> I him just kind of outing himself by being like, I memorized it. I know every single I, I agree with you, but for a different reason, but for the fact that he's a pilot and I don't respect them for some reason. <laughs> I just, I don't like how people are like. It's never been the same since they landed one on the Hudson. No, I agree. <laughs> Well, I guess they've landed them worse places. Every pilot is credited in like a documentary or like a like a TV program as if they're like aerospace engineers. And it's like, no, you've just been in a fucking plane. Like they'll talk about like they figured out like they built their own before they could fly it and they didn't. I have a little bit more respect than you do for pilots, but I also have a friend that's a pilot, like a that I grew up with that's a pilot and he's a fucking moron. So you're correct. Uh... Yeah, no, it's thank you. This is fucking bullshit. I mean, primarily do I disrespect them because I'm colorblind and can never be one? Maybe. But <laughs> at the same time, I also There's think some history there. Yeah. Uh, he puts forth many theories as to why the portals are opening, including secret Navy bases, Atlantis again, and amongst others, aliens with no proof, mm-hmm. uh, just his memorization skills. <laughs> A portal or wormhole. Is there any proof that he's wrong? Exactly. Exactly. Prove I'm wrong, man. That's what I like about conspiracy. If you can't prove it wrong, right. I'm right. Exactly. Somebody did did record uh, some proof of him being wrong. It's called All of Science and History. (laughs) (laughs) Reality, otherwise. Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry, sir, but you theoretically time travel and portals are, in fact, able to happen. So did you say what year this happened again? This is in the 90s. This guy, Bruce Gernon. An untrustworthy name, untrustworthy decade, (laughs) untrustworthy profession. The portal (laughs) slash wormhole slash black hole slash whatever the fuck that theory is. It's very appealing. I could see like it's an appealing theory to like the conspiracy theorist because it gives you an explanation as to like, where did everything go? Right, exactly. Oh, it went through a portal. So I see why it's appealing. That's why you can't find anything. I bet it's in like deep space somewhere. Yeah, just floating around. But we also don't need to like create a portal because there's a lot of the ocean that we don't ever explore. And I think the Bermuda Triangle is like the deepest part of the ocean out of anywhere. No. So I feel like that's where it could go. The Mariana Trench is the deepest part of the ocean. How many leagues are we talking, pal? <laughs> 
what was the, what was the league again i don't i'm I, 3.5 miles the mariana trench is the deepest part of the ocean that we know of all right well then bermuda triangle is second or yeah. third or oh. fourth whatever other one's the name <laughs> it's definitely deep i read somewhere that said it was deep <laughs> Yeah. All the scientific proof we need. Yeah, it's, I didn't write down a number. I didn't think anybody would contest it. <laughs> all right, all right, Mr. Gernon. This is down. what happens when you're talking to a teacher. <laughs> Did you memorize that or what? Uh, when I taught fifth grade, we have to teach about oceans, and so we talk about trenches and the Mariana Trench is the deepest part of yeah, the ocean. For sure. I was talking about Rick memorizing his fact. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that makes no sense. Like, no, she's a fucking Google search engine in her brain. And... Uh, I, I completely <laughs> any anything you're gonna throw out, Kenzie, I'm gonna be like, yeah, you're right, because you're a teacher and I don't want to get fucking sent to the office at all. And she does that. Teachers know everything. I sent a kid to the office today. <laughs> to to drink your tiny liquor bottles. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody Everybody has detention right now. <laughs> no way. All of you leave. Miss Kenzie's yeah. having a hard day. Who, who wants a bathroom pass? <laughs> So here's another good theory that I find fun is ancient underwater beings that aren't Atlanteans, like giant squids, like Cyclops, like Cyclops, mm. like Cyclops. <laughs> I didn't even know those were under, underwater until today. I thought those were mountain bearing creatures, but no, they're underwater guys. Mountain bearing? You heard me. Do you mean dwelling? <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant, but I said bearing. I know. <laughs> like they're giving birth to mountains, which does sound like a Greek fable of some kind it does that's something like a cyclops could do (laughs) they can do anything apparently the giant squid thing came up in this again like it did in the mary celeste uh like giant squids are fucking scary actually uh they have been known to attack ships and can be huge the biggest recorded one was 43 feet long 13 meters for the rest of the world that's (laughs) fucking huge that's That's gigantic like that's scary why it's called a giant squid yeah it is. <laughs> <laughs> so they've been known to attack ships. Can they sink giant tanker ships? I'm going to go with no, but maybe. But I really 100% know that they can't snatch planes out of the sky. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think, like, can you imagine a giant squid just, you're flying your like plane along? out of the water. <laughs> yeah, just, can, ah! <laughs> can I imagine it? Yeah. With ease. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So maybe it was like a fucking Sharknado. I don't know. Maybe it's something like that. Or even a merman, you know? And I say merman, not as a patriarchy kind of thing, but just like mermen are statistically more likely to harm others than mermaids. Mm-hmm. So well, unless it's a siren. That's true. Sirens. Ah, yeah. Sirens. The Eileen Wernoses of the sea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eileen Wernos, you poor poor lady yeah so that's that's the i just wanted to say the merman thing so the giant squid thing did come up a lot but i mean what the fuck is a giant like i know giant squids are dangerous and actually scary and do do shit but like to this frequency and to airplanes i'm sorry i don't think right that's a thing. yeah yeah what about what about maybe they stack on top of each other <laughs> <laughs> they're working together yeah. just making a giant mess. wear like a trench coat yeah <laughs> Lou, don't mind me just a giant man walking through the ocean <laughs> apologies if i bump your plane <laughs> yeah f- fuck whatever i was gonna say that was great <laughs> sorry I didn't get too far into the next theory, 
because there wasn't lots. It was just said in one thing I was uh, reading, so I have to bring it up. This part of the ocean is haunted. Yeah. By whom? Not sure. Why they're haunting? Like what? I don't get it, but cool. Maybe all the people that disappeared are now haunting so they can have more friends, so they take others with them. Mm, That's something. But like, where's the ships going? They're taking the ships with them? Like haunting usually doesn't work on inanimate objects, does it? Is there? We do never... I have a chair in my house that's haunted? Like my chair is just like living in torment, you know? <laughs> I mean, potentially. That's... I think when they're trying to communicate, sometimes they can move things. We've had a light flicker. Oh yeah. Ooh. Oh shit! You guys are haunted. <laughs> yeah, she's haunted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I might have a ghost in my apartment. I'm not sure though. <laughs> I've named him Albert. Ooh. We did the the Ouija board with my kids. And we have a ghost. Oh, mm. We have a guy named Quinn. He's in our house, apparently. Oh, Quinn? Quinn. Nice. He hasn't done anything but talk to us through a Ouija board. So cool, I guess. Oh, so you work you at should the ask Apple Quinn about the Bermuda like... Triangle. There was too, too much going on. I couldn't understand either of those questions. <laughs> <laughs> I asked if your ghost worked at the Apple store. He unlocked my SIM card for me. It was very nice of him. <laughs> The next series, Aliens, which was your other one, girls. So Most logical one, I yeah. think. Always. Yet another theory coming from the Bermuda Triangle book by Berlitz. He proposed it, but man, oh man, have people expanded on it. Aliens have been the ones tormenting the triangular waters for as long as humans have been sailing them. Some conspiracy theorists call it the Oceanic Area 51. Ooh. Mm. Clever name. Yeah. When you say aliens, you mean like off this planet aliens or are you talking about like talking cows that might like live underwater there <laughs> talking cows? oh yeah those underwater talking cows i yeah. thought you were going yeah. with like people trying to get into america from <laughs> <laughs> oh me too i, I was like wait like <laughs> was it was it that i <laughs> talking cows was left field you did it man good for you delta 19 <laughs> wouldn't that just be like an alien too though like a talking cow is a potential like I don't know what this is. The problem is if they live under the water, are they an alien? Because wouldn't they just be terrestrials? Mm. We're mislabeling them, and it's kind of fucked up because it's 2022. Well, okay. Sorry, I don't want to. <laughs> I, I, I want to so be. You know how you call an alien extraterrestrial? It's yeah. because it's off of this planet. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I don't right? want to offend the aliens. I get it. I now I understand. I've been thinking you're CIA for a long time. I've been thinking that you're a robot for a long time. Vampire, you're an alien and I offended you. And I apologize. Now I know. <laughs> you're an extraterrestrial. I just said alien again. And that was genuine, like a mistake. I am sorry, sir. Now that I know. I don't know why you fall into this trap. He brought it up. And then as soon as you agreed with him, he made it a problem. <laughs> he, he does this all the time. <laughs> I just... I play the comedy game. He called them aliens first. No, no, no. I was trying to get clarification. So I didn't even know this was a thing. Did you know an intraterrestrial is a thing? It lives deep underground. Like mole people? So are we still considering those aliens? Or are you trying to say, are you trying to say it's people in the sky or is it people under the earth? I'm trying to get my bearing for who you're calling out. They're not aliens, but they are really cool. Like here's a, Kenzie, have you seen this documentary? It's called Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, no, I missed that one. That's one of my favorite documentaries. That one, they 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 go to the center of the earth. It's where all the monsters live, and then they come out, and then they they fight. And I don't know what the city is, I did, but they they wreck the shit out of it. I don't know how they ever recovered from that, but they got good footage of it. Mm-hmm. We'll have to educate ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's what I'm saying. Here, I'll I'll answer your question with this, Rick. 
is it aliens or extraterrestrials or whatever? It's all made up. Um, okay. <laughs> None of it is real. It's like, I wish it was aliens. It would be awesome. That we know of. That's it true. It could all be true. And the government is telling us that we're crazy and it's made up. When no, in no. reality. Uh, no, true. no. You're talking to the wrong person. I completely believe in aliens. I completely believe in <laughs> extraterrestrials. 110%. I do not believe this is aliens. Is what I'm saying. Ah, okay. Mm. They have better things to do with their time. Do you think one of the one of the disappearances could have been aliens just capitalizing on this funky location? Could be. Could be. Honestly. Okay, okay, let's talk about Columbus expedition. Okay, remember the branch of fire that smashed into the ocean four or five leagues away from them? Some interpretations of the diario claim that it was the opposite. That the branches fire shot up from the ocean into the sky. So with this interpretation, it's maybe a spaceship flying out from the sea. Okay. Obviously. Maybe Atlantis is firing ships or planes over top. You know, maybe it's Atlantis under there just shooting. Oh, what the fuck is that? Just one warning shot. Just a death bomb. <laughs> <laughs> maybe there wasn't a problem with the compasses and the North Star was moving around in the sky. Or what the sailors thought was a North Star. It was likely a spaceship moving around. This is what people are saying. <laughs> this is like shit that's going on on the internet. Or the light bobbing in the distance. Mm -hmm. If Columbus and crew did see a light bobbing in the distance, was it a UFO? Maybe the Cyclops Flight 19 and the Sulphur Queen or any of the missing ships never actually sank. They could have all just been taken up into spaceships like by the extraterrestrials to be studied. Like the Lost Colony of Ro Roanoke. Like in some habitat, they don't even know they're being taken. They still, Columbus still thinks he's sailing, looking for his his, his uh, shipping lanes. You know what I mean? That would be the most incredible torture and so well deserved. <laughs> Although he did stay. Agreed. He didn't disappear. It's like the fucking Flight 19 guys are just like doing constant bombing runs. Like, do we get to get off the ship yet, Colonel? Keep dropping bombs, soldier. <laughs> Then they got sucked into the report. Okay, okay. So yeah, those are all the the alien things saying. So maybe it's basically just like aliens taking people away, the whole ships to study, and that's the, the place. And to not bringing them back. back. And not bringing them back. Keeping them. Yeah, I don't know. Though, I feel like, like if you were gonna traumatize a human being an alien, or sorry, extraterrestrial, Rick. I apologize. <laughs> would you Would you want to bring like if you were gonna be the nice advanced creature would you want to send them back all traumatized like that or would you just say Who's... live with us well it's not like anybody believes them when they come back anyway That's what so I mean. yeah. i'd be I'd probably be pretty safe just sending them back and letting them deal with that but see then wouldn't that be mean sending them back having to deal with that <laughs> why the fuck did they keep bruce gernan bruce gernan's annoying he yeah i would say he probably annoyed the fuck out of him <laughs> they were like, like i don't know what <laughs> yeah we probed the wrong spot we broke it and it's <laughs> just won't shut the fuck up about wormholes it's not it's not time travel it's teleportation i'm telling you it's time travel you know what the fuck time travel is gernon get the fuck off our ship yeah that would be very that's a very funny concept like them like just like kind of like like you know like when like you hit like an animal in the road and like you don't really know whether you should like let it die or kill it yourself like <laughs> Just the aliens hovering over him, like, oh my god! Dude. Is this a common occurrence for you? How many animals are you hitting? How many times do you go through that decision process and get out of your car? Because <laughs> it sounds like you've done this a few times. Twice a day. That's normal, right? <laughs> you don't you don't drive on the sidewalk in your town whenever you see a cat. <laughs> Just me. Maybe New York's a different world. 
I, I, hey, you know what? <laughs> if I can make it that way, one decision at a time, I am. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the alien things, interesting theory. Like maybe, who knows? Like maybe that's where all these guys have gone into ships and they're gone forever. I think the nice thing to be, if you're an extraterrestrial, would be to just like let them be absorbed into your society now. Instead of going back, you know too much. People are not going to believe you. You're going to be an outcast for the rest of your life. Or you could like erase their minds. That's true. But I think they try that. Like, I think the guys that come back that remember aren't supposed to remember. B B Betty and Barney Hill, have you ever heard of that story? Like the, the original? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think they were supposed to not remember, but then they got hypnotized and remember Hypnosis! Yes. Yeah, so it's they... always the hypnosis. Hmm. Yeah. There was the Allagash abduction that happened up in Maine, too, where the guys did hypnosis to reveal all the stuff they found. Exactly. So... Maybe they, maybe the aliens didn't understand hypnosis was a thing with humans. And now, oh, sorry, extraterrestrials. And uh, they said, you know what, to be more humane, let's just keep them with us. We'll use them as our little dance for me, monkey man. Again, more humane would have been beating Bruce Gurney with a tire iron. <laughs> what you do. <laughs> just and Bruce Gurney. He's like, he's alien-splaining alien tech to them. You know, he's mansplaining. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i was really trying to keep a straight face uh, <laughs> just, um, <laughs> just two aliens hashing out what to do with them <laughs> on the fucking spaceship oh my god all right we have to we have to move on otherwise i'm gonna embarrass myself laughing at my own joke all right i'm on this is the last theory this is the longest one if you have uh anything you want to add in that's maybe i'm gonna hit on what you guys have for a theory but this is the last one the longest one okay here's the theory name for you rick nothing anomalous happens there the Bermuda triangle is manufactured mystery uh i think it's a combination of, of manufacture. Uh, yeah I, I think mine's a combination of uh manufacture but also people are just fucking idiots mine's mine's gonna double down on what rj said about Pilots are not special. And I'm going to say the same about people who, who drive ships. Yeah. Fuck them too. Uh, they're captains. Yeah, thank you. They got the name captain for a reason. You're yeah, got to be special if you're a captain. So I don't know how well you can see this. I can't make it any larger because it's an animated image. But one thing that I didn't know about, which is probably why I don't fly planes. Quick, everyone or, read all his tabs. Or, <laughs> or, or <laughs> Volcano, Lucifer, large. Ooh, what? Large that doesn't what? say Lucifer. <laughs> It's, Are you going uh, okay, to listen, I can explain all my tabs after I explain this part. But basically, <laughs> what I didn't know is that True North and Magnetic North are, are are not the same in most places in the world. And this map is showing Magnetic North continuously changing. So pilots and captains have to be able to continuously account for that. But for a while, I don't know if it still is. Um, the Bermuda Triangle was actually one of only two places on Earth where Magnetic North was the same as True North. It's called the Agonic Line. We'll talk about it in a bit. Okay. So that's not the only piece of my theory, though. There's this. So, yeah, you were you were reading my tabs. There's this um, volcano in <laughs> Hawaii um, where it has so this much. This is going to be good. He's got to work his way backwards from uh, his volcano porn. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it has. <laughs> I'll work Lucifer in. Hold on. It has um, it has so much iron underneath it that yeah, I know you will. You always make room for Lucifer. Hail Satan! It has so much iron underneath it that when they get closer with a compass, it'll start to spin. And the only reason it spins is because of the difference between the volcano and uh, True North. But what they figured out is that there's nothing weird about the volcano. The volcano is actually it held all of the iron underneath it when the poles flipped about eight hundred thousand years ago. So it's actually showing what was the true True North, at least as true as we know it. 
Um, so what's probably happening is that there's some sort of iron sediment underneath because we know that things are constantly moving underneath there because of all the methane bubbles and the sediment change. Nice. Um, <laughs> so essentially you're getting amateur people in planes and boats coming through this area where they already have to account for a weird magnetic change or at least what they're not used to in navigation. And then you have these different pockets of metal that are you know, moving underneath the, um, the base, like the, the mantle layer of the earth essentially just completely changing their magnetic field nonstop. And I think people just get lost and slowly die very terrible deaths. Hmm. But that does not explain why it said come volcano. <laughs> and then the loose, the Luciferin has absolutely nothing to do with Lucifer. Um, I was looking up a specific enzyme that occurs in worms to explain away Christopher Columbus's weird light thing. So it, I, didn't, I didn't factor that in, but yeah, that's probably a large worm that occurs just in the water there. And then uh, it's like three days after a full moon, it just blow, it uh, glows like bright colors. Bioluminescent creatures. We'll talk about those in a bit too. Yeah. Wow. Really? Yeah. That's so funny how he picks up on all that stuff. He has the perfect type of autism for this. It's, he's not wrong. You're not wrong at all. That was the best when you gave us that autism test to take, and you're like, fuck. It's <laughs> 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 like a perfect score across the board. <laughs> no, no, I got, I got, I forget what I got. It was like 21 out of 25 or something. Yeah, oh, that's pretty close. <laughs> I'm not perfectly autistic. I'm autistic. Listen, I'm not the only, I'm not the only one who took that and got a crazy high score. I don't know about you guys, but I've had several people take, I walk up to people and I just have them take it for me. <laughs> Very autistic thing of you to do. Well, that is why they call it the spectrum. Yeah, that's true. Oh my God. All right. <laughs> Theory, last theory of the day here. Nothing anomalous happens here. Bermuda Triangle is a manufactured mystery. Obviously, this is the answer most people will give for the mysterious circumstances at this point with all the fucking surveillance and everything that we have in the world. First of all, like I said earlier, the Mary Celeste had nothing to do with Bermuda Triangle. She's found off the coast of Portugal. So when it came up in my research, I was like, fucking balderdash. I was upset. So <laughs> I, I didn't have anything to do with it. So I'm good with that. Next, let's talk about the first time the Bermuda Triangle came into the lexicon. This was the article in Argosy Magazine. Well, let's talk about Argosy Magazine. Argosy Magazine was an old pulp magazine that was published between the years 1882 to 1978. The fact that this first appeared in a pulp magazine really changes how you think of the original story. Pulp magazines are defined as, quote, a magazine made with inexpensive paper and printing containing shocking or sensationalist text fiction by low-paid writers. If you just read shit like that, like it goes like in our ghosty magazine, you're like, that sounds legit in a magazine. No, it's in a fucking bullshit tabloid. Is that where uh, the name for Pulp Fiction came from? Yeah. Like yep. the movie? Yeah, for sure. Oh. An old, uh, cheap, cheaply made, sensationalized movie, which is cool. Without knowing what Argosy magazine is, you maybe think that Vincent Gaddis wrote a, uh, he had some validity to it, whatever he wrote. The whole eventual book about the triangle Gaddis would write originated from real stories of ships going down in that area, but the stories were sensationalized and sold as true so that the Argosy could sell more magazines. What I told you is basically what's in the story, but I'm going to go through step-by-step step what the actual fucking story is with all the details in a couple seconds. So let's talk about Christopher Columbus thing for a second, okay? First encounter described the branch of fire. Branch of fire could be a lot of different things. Could just be a meteor, could be lightning. Sounds like a meteor to me. They just didn't know really what to call it. Sounds like something hit the ocean in front of them. 
maybe not maybe it was but it sounds it doesn't sound that outrageous that it could have just been a meteor all right compass not working working that's because the agonic line that's when true north and magnetic north uh align this only happens in two places in the earth uh the other is the devil's sea uh just off the coast of japan as sailors move closer and closer to the equator the compass starts to point north as the difference between magnetic north and the north star start to differ- differentiate uh declination i don't know if you guys know anything about compasses if a declination that like if you look at the, the polar top, like the top of the earth, there's like actual North pole and magnetic North are like almost like this. So the close, the further away you like the further away you get to them, the closer they start, the, like it's on a V like that. Right. So the closer you get to the equator, it's going to be more and more get similar and similar. So he just didn't understand that they were just, they just didn't understand how fucking compasses work. It's fine. It's not perfectly natural for it to be like that. And- shut, shut the fuck up. Don't you talk to me about compasses like you didn't just learn about all that today. No, I work I work in <laughs> geology. We're compasses all the time. Yeah, sure. Uh, good try. <laughs> uh, Wait, how far do you have to travel to get your rocks? Underground? Fuck, we go sometimes a kilometer. You're using a compass to go underground? Well, no. Well, yeah. When you're underground, you got a map with compasses. We'll talk about fucking yeah, geology it's, another it's day. South, you go down. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk. That works. You got to go move into the bush too, and find where you got to drill. Anyways, we'll talk about it, uh, geology later. So the whole diario of Columbus was written so long ago that I'm sure some creative license was taken. Like RJ said in previous episodes, we don't trust anything that happened before 1971. What was it? What was the year? I, I, whatever 19, year I'm feeling. 1492 when oh. Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like Columbus. Yeah, that definitely happened before 1971. Yeah. <laughs> but like, if you're Columbus and you're going to discover, you're going to, you're going to sensationalize that a bit. You're going to make some shit up. That's all I'm just saying. I don't know how much he made up, but you're going to make some shit up for sure. I feel like he had plenty to talk about. I'm sure it was like, like there's a coyote walking or something. He's like a whole pack of coyotes. Like, I'm sure there was truth in what he was saying. Just not exactly what he was saying. I don't think coyotes live in the Bahamas. Not anymore. Not after Columbus was done with them. Not after Columbus sucked. <laughs> they all got smallpox. <laughs> he saw to that. What was the other one? Oh, the, the lights on the horizon. They're four hours from landfall. The native American people could have just seen them, gone on some canoes and like kind of sailed out to kind of see what the fuck that was in the far distance, or they were out there fishing or whatever already. It could be just bioluminescent creatures that were, I didn't have, I didn't list the, whatever the worm thing that he was talking about, but there's a whole shit ton of them that could have just been out there. It could be anything. It, it, It could be easily explained by today's science. If they were writing down everything, I just don't trust writings from that far back, uh, especially 50 years past writing from the diary of the guy who did it. I don't know. I'm just saying (laughs) little sketch. Let's dispel some of the, we couldn't find any wreckage. Therefore something nefarious is going on narrative from the conspiracy crowd. The Bermuda triangle is roughly the same uh, size as Peru, like I said, or Ontario, Uh, the Puerto Rico trench, which runs through the Bermuda triangle has depths of approximately 27,000 feet. Now, unless you have David Cameron on your side, you're going to lose some shit in that area of the ocean, not only gigantic in size, but deep as shit, not to mention the Gulf stream. The Gulf Stream travels along the western edge of the triangle and is most likely the reason the wreckage is never found. The Gulf Stream is about a 40 to uh, 50 mile 
a 64 to 80 kilometer wide river within the ocean that circulates the North Atlantic Ocean at a maximum speed of 5.6 miles per hour, nine kilometers an hour. The Gulf Stream could pull wreckage hundreds of miles in different directions, basically scattering it all over the vast and deep ocean we just talked about. Not only that, with the warm water being spread around the cold water, the Gulf Stream can cause all sorts of quick acting weather conditions that would also fuck up the ships and planes at the drop of a dime. With all that being said, so just think about all that. Like there's weather changes that could happen to drop us down. You could call in and say it's beautiful outside. Five minutes later, hurricane and you're dead. <laughs> it's just the way it was back then. Let's talk about some specific incidents that I did bring up. So the SS Cyclops. Let's talk about our one-eyed bitch of a friend again. Our favorite. Yeah. I don't recall thinking they're a bitch. I think she's a bitch. <laughs> I think it. I'm allowed. She disappeared in 1918. The biggest part of the mystery on this one is that no one ever sent a distress signal. Or and they couldn't find any wreckage, but we already talked about that. So it's 1918. Radio communication weren't as reliable as they are now. It's entirely possible that the fast sinking ship could have sunk before anyone sent out some sort of SOS. A massive loss of life is a hard pill to swallow on that one. So I feel like because so many people died, that people had to give the disaster some sort of greater meaning, other than just Uh, like shitty shit happens. Yeah. (laughs) Flight 19. Flight 19 was pretty much solved at the time using best guesses. It's only identified as unsolved because of the empathy of an investigator. What I reported earlier was basically what was in Argosy magazine. Okay. It sounds really mysterious, but if you get deeper into the details here, you're like, oh, okay. Keeping time was very important. Like I said, and they didn't have GPS, right? This is why it was important for everyone to be wearing watches. Apparently they think Lieutenant Cox, our teacher was not wearing a watch that day. He was watchless without time. From the sounds of it, a flight 19 got free. The last lieutenants Cox said they thought they were over the Florida Keys. If that were true, he would have had to have flown south to get back to Fort Lauderdale. He would have to fly north. So he would have flown south. He would have had to fly north to get back. So it's thought that Lieutenant Cox probably mistook the other island formation north of the Hens and Chicken Shoals. Taylor was flying the squadron north-northeast, thinking it was the best course of action. If they only knew that all they had to do was fly west, they would have found land. And they did know because one of the students went over the radio, said, damn it, if we would just fly west, we would get home. Head west, damn it. But Lieutenant Taylor disregards what a student says and continues northeasterly. Way to be dumb soldiers, soldier boys. Die with your plane. Uh, not, not just soldiers. Pilots. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Correct. I <laughs> Correct. I was going to say Cyclops, so. <laughs> oh, that, that's and, and that's exactly what probably happened. Those planes were out of fuel. They probably just flew the wrong direction because they fucking they were like following chain of command. And those planes were out of fuel. And if they did hit the water, they would have sunk within minutes as they were 10,000 pounds each. These planes, uh, oh, wow. the, the Avengers were built like a tank. Their nickname was Iron Birds. Pilots used to love them during World War II, though, because they would get shot and banged up and still fly safely back home. But if they were empty with no fuel and hit the water, they would have sank within minutes. There's been over 130 Avengers that have gone down over that area during the 1940s and 1950s. So they'll probably never find the actual planes that were there. They find them constantly. But there's just a whole great graveyard of Avengers in that part of the ocean, which I find fun. Hmm. And let's talk about the rescue plane. That was the other part of the weird thing. Yeah. The rescue plane that, that went missing right after. It was named the PBM Mariner. And it was nicknamed the Flying Gas Tank because of how easily they would explode if the slightest spark would ignite. Oh, good. Yeah. So at 9.15 that night, 
a tanker ship SS Gaines Mills reported they had observed flames for an apparent explosion leading 100 feet in the air. It's thought to be the rescue plane. So Berlitz didn't even mention that there was an explosion. Like, he didn't even mention yeah. that, like, left that detail out completely. He was like, I'm just going to leave this out. It kind of ruins my theory. Yeah. Like I said, in Gaddis's book and article, the details of Flight 19 are all correct. It's just they're not all there. Like, he just omitted the stuff that doesn't make it mysterious. Right. When, when I said the only mystery because the investigator had empathy. All right. So there's a 500-page Navy report that came out right after the investigation. After Lieutenant Taylor's mother read the report, she contested, like it said everything I just said, like they probably just went in the wrong direction, flew into the ocean, sank, no one found them. But Lieutenant uh, Taylor's mother reads the report and she contested. And then the, the Navy's just like, okay, well, whatever, we'll just change it. Instead of them being dead, we'll just put cause unknown. So now when people go back and look at that report, it just says cause unknown. So everyone goes like, ooh, very mysterious. But really, it's not. It's, it's they know what happened. They just can't prove it. They know. Mm-hmm. The member of the passenger plane I was telling you about, it's about 50 miles off the coast of Miami, and then it just disappeared. The biggest thing that puts this event into the Bermuda Triangle argument is that the weather was good and no distress call. Aside from no wreckage, we covered that. The weather can change quite frequently, like I said as well. Talked about the Gulf Stream and the unpredictable Caribbean Atlantic weather patterns. They also can cause sudden thunderstorms and water sprouts, which can cause havoc to boats and planes alike. Do you guys remember talking about water sprouts in a previous episode? I do. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> it's like it's like water tornadoes that like shoot up in yeah. the air. Did we talk about that? The Mary Celeste. Oh. Any, uh, episode where you guys played our promo. I'm pretty sure. Because you guys covered our yeah. entire first season, I think, in the fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> like in that one episode, she did like all of them. I was like, wow, good for you. <laughs> But even if it wasn't some sort of quick change of weather, it could be something else. After investigation, it showed that the NC-16002, the passenger plane, had a partially charged battery when it went up that day. So maybe the battery gave way and it left it with no radio communications. Apparently, the Miami airport sent word to the passenger plane that there had been high winds. And if the plane hadn't gotten the message because of no power, they would have veered off course 50 miles. And without knowing where you were, a plane could easily have went down to the ocean after running out of fuel or whatever. Uh, yeah. 1948, they didn't have GPSs. They were still relying on watches and direction knowing. Uh, let's talk about the Marine Sulphur Queen, her and her missing 39 seamen. That story is told many places throughout my research in this topic. Apparently, she was so beat up. Before she went out to sea, the Coast Guard claimed it shouldn't have been ever at sea. Uh, And this is before their voyage. There were fires constantly, and it was basically kept together with band-aid job after band-aid job. In the years that have passed since the Sulphur Queen's disappearance, the Coast Guard claimed that the type of ship she was had a, quote, weak back. Meaning that if it were corroded in the right places, there was high chance that she could have just split in two. Also, she was just modified to be able to carry molten sulfur because she was previously an oil tanker. Now, well, why would you why would you do that to a ship that was prone to splitting in half? It wasn't known right. that until later. Like hindsight shows that, oh, this ship is a piece of shit, right? This is why they, they went, redesigned. But they put enough work into it to make it hold molten sulfur. Yeah. But they weren't aware of its shitty back. I'm just wondering if it was called the SS Marine Oily Queen before. Instead of I love, Queen. I, well, I like that it's called the Quick the Marine Queen, Queen of Marine, because there's, I mean, there's, I watched this documentary about a Queen of Marine. Her name's Daenerys Targaryen, and and that had to do with uh, 
the dragons. So now I'm I'm putting dragons in this. <laughs> okay. Anyways, our stinky fucking sulfur queen was just waiting to die at the ocean. Honestly, the witchcraft. Our buddy Burak. Uh, he called and didn't sound panicked. This is what I think on this. Okay. You ever like get into a bad situation? Like it's not that bad. And then you go down, like you go look at it again. Like, holy fuck, my house is about to burn down. You know what I mean? Like shit happens fast. I think he was just like, yeah, it's not a big deal. And then he went down and he's like, holy fuck, we're going to sink. And he started bailing and bailing just dead. I just think mm. it was just that bad. I think it was way worse than I thought. Or maybe they did too many drugs and forgot to say, hey, no, we're cool. And just like <laughs> sailed away <laughs> and forgot to call them and be like, hey, we're cool guys. Like we figured it out and <laughs> just gone. <laughs> you should give up the hotel business and I'll give up the, <laughs> the God and we'll just sail off into the ocean together, man. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's actually why not? Those guys are living yeah. their best life and fucking. Oh my god! Yeah, they just went out sucking and fucking into the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> They're in Colombia where they get the best blow, and blows. Amen. Blow jays and blow. Yeah. Good for them. That, that's actually I'm gonna take away. I just thought like I went with like logic for a second, but I forgot. They probably just sailed off into the ocean. Fucking right, they did. That's beautiful. Yeah, so the Bermuda Triangle book by Charles Berlitz gave us all sorts of crazy theories as to what happens in the triangle. But in 75, the book, The Bermuda Triangle, Mystery Solved by Larry Kush, Kush takes a hard look at all the claims made by Berlitz and the others before him. He finds that most of Berlitz's accounts are embellished, lacking pertinent information, or downright made up. Uh, there's a quote from Kush. He says, quote, if Berlitz were to report that a boat were red, the chance of it being some other color were almost a certainty. <laughs> so he like just <laughs> fucking hammers Damn. this guy at this point the Bermuda Triangle is such a joke that in 2013 the Worldwide Fund for Nature which that used to be the World Wildlife Fund WWF oh yeah uh, okay. they changed their name which I find hilarious because they had to wait like, they both changed their name that's what then? I'm saying they had to change their name because it wasn't wildlife wasn't enough they had to like nature for it so it's so it's for like nature and wildlife you know so they fucking fought the wwe which is like yeah. wrestling now for fucking yeah. years to get the name wwf and then had to change it later because they weren't making enough money i fucking love it that's uh, awesome dude yeah <laughs> fuck vince mcmahon yeah fuck vince mcmahon for sure yeah in 2013 the wwf identified the most dangerous waters for shipping worldwide the bermuda triangle didn't even make the top 10 list Damn, that's disappointing. Yeah, you ain't got nothing on the South China Sea and the East Indies, according to the study. There'll be pirates out there. Mm. The Bermuda Triangle is one of the most heavily traveled shipping lanes in the world. In 2019, there were 6,100 and change merchant ships traveling around the world's oceans and waterways, not to mention the private yachts and military ships that are always out and about. In 2022, there are 24,000 commercially registered planes in the world not to mention the private and military planes as well. With all that traffic, it is rare that either a ship or a plane sink or crash. And if they do, usually they're found within hours and everything is accounted for. I know mysterious disappearances still happen from time to time, like the Malaysia Airlines flight MH370. Yeah. Amelia Earhart. <laughs> and we already solved that. Go back. You'll see. We solved that. Okay. <laughs> MH370, by the way, happened in the Indian Ocean, not over the Bermuda Triangle. So that's that's out of the question right there. But like I said, after years of study, the Bermuda Triangle is no more dangerous than any other area of the ocean. In fact, it's less dangerous than at least 10 other places. 
why is it still considered a place of mystery? It's because we know it as a place and a phenomenon. Anything bad that happens in the triangle sticks out in our collective heads and usually gets reported to the media. This happens all the time. It's like if you buy a Honda and now wherever you drive, you see a fucking Honda Civic. You know what I mean? Wherever you go, there's Honda Civics. Mm-hmm. There were always Honda Civics there. It's It's got a name, actually. It's called the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon or the frequency illusion. What's What's Dunning-Kruger? I always confuse. Dunning-Kruger is when you think you're super smart and then you realize you're not smart. Like you think you know oh, everything. That else. was yeah. an unfortunate turn of events. Yeah, wrong. <laughs> it's rare you're going to get me to regret speaking any amount of words, but we're marinating in that moment currently. But yeah, so it even has a name. What's happening? It's just because it's it's out there that whenever anything happens there, it gets reported. And then we all fucking talk about it for however long we do. And it just continues to perpetuate the mystery of the not real mystery, the Bermuda Triangle. So our friend will be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Your friend should be more than fine. (laughs) Unless they're a pilot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, unless they're a pilot. I just watched Private Dicks and I think RJ's the funniest. What? Come on. Hey there, all you private dickheads. That's probably not the name we're gonna stick with anyways uh, rj here i am here to tell you thank you for listening to another episode of private dicks if you liked what you heard go on apple podcasts spotify anywhere they take your reviews drop us five stars say something nice also what you just heard was from last season if you want current episodes as they're dropped head on over to patreon.com and search up unethical podcast that's our mother podcast I was not aware Private Dicks was a spinoff. I'm going to renegotiate my contract. On Patreon is a full 16-episode season more of Private Dicks, uncut videos of each episode, and many more things are getting added all the time. You can also find all of Unethical's content on there, so go listen to that. And if you're already a patron, fuck yeah, dude. You're the best.